Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Triple P, Preds, Pucks, and Pinoys, Justin Bradford, and a very intoxicated Matt Best uh, coming to you from the cabin. So audio is going to be a little spotty, but we had to record a reaction to this because it's a pretty big trade. It was a busy day. In the NHL, with plenty of action happening as uh, protection lists are due and expansion draft coming up next week. And uh, we saw the Predators get very much involved with this. Basically two trades taking place, a three-team, but it was a two-team trade the way they released Ryan Ellis going to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for Nolan Patrick and Philippe Myers. Uh, Nolan Patrick the meeting flipped over to Vegas, the Golden Knights, for Cody Glass. Matt, bringing you on, uh, I'm very curious to see how you're going to <laughs> expand upon this. Uh, I'm not sure how many beers in you are, but your take when, when you saw this. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the biggest thing when you look at this trade is that Ryan Ellis, you and I have been talking about this from day one, that one of these two huge contracts on the blue line, and it's not even huge with Ekholm, that one of these big contracts have to be moved. And the fact of the matter is that they got Ellis out of there is better than moving Ekholm, because you and I would agree that Ekholm is the one that you'd want to keep. Now, in terms of the package coming back, I think a lot of people, you and I included, thought that it would be like prospects and a couple picks kind of thing. But getting an NHL-ready caliber player is kind of speaking to what David Poyle wants to do. And I think David Poyle's in this kind of win-now mode and claw way into the playoff kind of thing. And Cody Glass is that guy. I-, I think the main perspective of like an armchair fan is that, well, why didn't we get Nolan Patrick? It's because, well... Nolan Patrick isn't that guy yet because he's injury-prone, and Cody Glass is that guy is where you know what you're going to get, kind of. And Cody Glass is a top-six forward. He's nothing more, nothing less. He can slot in as that middle-six forward if you really want him to. And it's not to say that he's the replacement for Victor Arvidsson. It's that he's a kind of cheaper option to Victor Arvidsson while shedding Ryan Ellis' contract. So, so far, I, I, like, I don't want to call it a win-win or a win-lose. I just want to call it a... Let's wait and see what happens with this trade kind of thing. Also, no. not that intoxicated. Okay, I yeah, that was you beers throughout the course of the day. <laughs> that was that was very very like legit and intelligent. I, I just had and... I just had one person scream from about I don't know forty yards away. Scream very intoxicated, and then I had someone <laughs> a foot next to me say super intoxicated. So. You know, take this analysis any way you want to. I mean, I will say that was very intelligible, and I could understand what oh, you're yeah. saying. And I mean, it's it's like you have the the sober switch, which is very good. Very, bravo to you, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I need to push some dry mouth away from me right now. So you go ahead and talk for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, well, what we see also too is uh, the cap. Like like Matt was talking about. I mean, Ryan Ellis signed to twenty six twenty seven. The cap hit six point two five. So that's one of those things that they had to make a change. And I mean, I think I referenced it before too. Go back to the Dallas series and what happened there. Ellis got pushed around. He was pushed around. He's he's been a little injury prone as well. And you get rid of that. You bring in two young players. I mean, you look at uh, Philippe Myers. 25, 24 years old, excuse me, uh, his cap hit right now is 2.55. 
Uh, so not bad right there, too. He's a guy that's probably going to be playing in the third pairing, is what you would think there for, for him. And he's been playing basically NHL minutes uh, the past two seasons, 50 games in 1920, 44 games in 2021, had 11 points, uh, 10 of those being assists uh, last season as well. So curious there, but Cody Glass as well has the potential. He's a sixth overall pick. He's automatically exempt from the expansion draft, which is something that you definitely want uh, right now is, is not to do that. And that, that gives another spot as well for David Poole to utilize for the expansion draft. Uh, let's go to just elite prospects while Matt is getting things situated. And they're scouting. I'm okay, okay. okay. you're good. We're good. We're okay, well, Future okay. Considerations has... Cody Glass has an excellent puck mover. He finds teammates with ease and is a huge possession asset. HockeyProspect.com. He has a knack for causing breakdowns in opponent's offense and is a pest on the forecheck. And then Elite Prospects calls him a dangerous two-way center that thinks the game at a high level, never making the same mistake twice. He's analytical and patient in the development of his strengths. He transitions up ice quickly and is able to create and dictate offensive chances on the rush. Uh, if anything, what I like, there's a, the thing. here's the things that I like about this, Matt, is that the Predators get younger. It was very much needed as well. They shed some of that cap that was going to be hitting them for many years to come in Ryan Ellis. It also shows, too, that the Predators felt like they could be a little flexible, too, given some of the youth in the system for the Predators that could step up, whether it's Carrier or in the future Davies or other players, that can, or Ferentz as well, that can step in and fill that void. It shows that they had confidence in their system that they can do that, as well as bringing in a younger yeah. defenseman that can compete for it. And then you get younger with offense, like you said, not necessarily a replacement, but it adds another piece of youth as well. But it was a youth that was a high draft pick as well, and that's what you want as well it's having that opportunity and you have a good mix now of those contracts they're shedding some of those contracts now we'll see what happens next but i know you had a buddy there that you're with that you said also has a take that he wanted to share as well so let's bring on chain and see what he had to say because i love getting this outside perspective as well because a lot of us stuck in nashville it's curious to see what the outside nashville world is saying about this trade yeah so like my biggest thing is that i'm from the outside looking in and so my best friend Shane here, obviously we are up at the cabin, and he saw this train, he brought it up to me, and I brought it up to him, and he had some initial thoughts, and I was like, wait, 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 tell me in like 10 minutes what you think of this thought. So Shane, let me know and let Justin know and let our listeners know like what you think of Ryan Ellis moving on and the package coming back. Like you said, Matt, I'm obviously like, Matt is an outsider looking in, I'm like an outsider, outsider looking in kind of thing here. <laughs> and I, I saw this trade, and... From my point of view, it's a win for Nashville, honestly. You're getting rid of a contract in Ryan Ellis for a guy that's been injury-prone for the last two, three years, and you're getting a package back, and you're seeing a big culture change in Nashville with Pecorine retiring, Ryan Ellis leaving, and Shea Weber leaving a couple years ago. You're just seeing a big a big culture change in that some, like, something new is happening. We're not sticking with the status quo when we're, we're trying to change things. We're not trying to stay with these, these like, early playoff round exits we're getting here. We're just we're just trying to find something, something a new spark to bring to the team. Obviously, I'm not watching Nashville as intensively as I'm watching maybe the Canadian teams, but Ryan Ellis, big contract, big injury prone guy. I see it as a win. I think the biggest thing, like if Shane can realize that a big injury prone guy is moving on, and you get additional pieces that you're not bringing a contract in, I think from the outside looking in, especially for Shane and like. That's a good perspective for NHL viewers that Nashville is willing to bring in, like Shane said, a new culture. Whereas mm -hmm. David Plunk has tried this new culture over and over and over again, but this is smart. This is a smart culture change. 
in terms of we're not trading a big contract for another one. This isn't a P.K. Subban for a Shea Weber deal. This is a Ryan Ellis for pieces deal. Whereas right. when you brought in P.K. and or you brought in Shea and like you do that trade there, it's like, what do we actually have here kind of thing. Where David Coyle does this, and obviously the best player in this trade is Ryan Ellis. And then you get him away. He's the best proven player. I think if you have any other stance, you're absolutely wrong. And then you bring in unproven pieces. I think Cody Glass deserves a shot in the top six. I think that's where he initially slots in. And then if he doesn't do anything here, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like a Fiala kind of thing where in Minnesota he slots in and you just wait and wait and wait. I think Cody Glass gets about two years of leeway in Nashville. What do you think? How many years of leeway does Cody Glass until it's like, yeah, we lost this trade kind of thing? I think Glass gets at least two years. I don't even, I mean, it, okay, organizationally, two years, fans, one year. Because <laughs> I, I, think every, I think every fan base would say, like, you traded an NHL caliber player away, and within the first year, if nothing comes to fruition, then yeah, it's one year. But I think realistically speaking, like, from the outside looking in, you got two years. You, right. you have two years to show us that you have something. It's like the Luke Cunning situation, right. where a lot of people running to the waiver wire, in the second half of the NHL season this year, because they were like, oh, darn, Luke Cunning was there. Do you know how hard it is for me right now to not say any horrible words? No, I, I, because I just I, want to say every awful word right now. Uh, but it's the same Luke Cunning situation, because I had people messaging me being like, should I pick up Luke Cunning? Do I do this right now? It's like, yeah, he's on a hot streak. It's like, oh, do I pick up Mikel Granlund? Yeah, he's on a hot streak. But I, I think people are going to do the same thing with Cody Glass. If Cody Glass couldn't really slot in, because you have Max Pacioretty, you have Mark Stone, you have Chandler Stevenson. Like, that top six in Vegas was pretty stacked. You have Alex Tuck. Like, that whole top six was, we have to give these guys opportunity. And Cody Glass is like, hey, how about me? Can I play some hockey? Yeah, I, I, so I think Shane's yeah. some volumes here in terms of, yeah, it's a culture change, but it's a different kind of culture change for Nashville right now in terms of making waves in a big trade. Yeah, it shows they're getting younger because they know they need to be younger. So you're, the expectations of Philip Tomasino will be playing up. Uh, the expectations of Ellie Tolvanen will play a bigger role as well, too, especially when you move Arvidsson, it creates an opportunity for Ellie Tolvanen to really slot in. Uh, then also you just continue to move pieces around to where eventually we'll see maybe if one of the two $8 million centers gets moved or bought out. <laughs> you never know. Uh, who, who knows with that? But greatest spots for Cody Glass, but the good thing with Cody Glass, he was very buried, like you said, in Vegas, and I mean, he turned pro and went to the AHL at the end of the 18-19 season after he's done with the Winterhawks, where he was a captain, he was the captain of the Winterhawks, so there's leadership capabilities there as well, he played with the Chicago Wolves, he had 5 points in 6 games there, and then the playoffs for the Wolves had 15 points in 22 games in the 18-19 season, I mean, there's plenty of potential there to go right into the, NH the AHL and turn pro like that and produce... How much do you take into account, though, of a young kid playing captain? Because a lot of people can play captain at, like, junior A, junior B hockey, but the fact of the matter is, like, playing captain or associate captain or assistant captain, whatever you want to call it, at the NHL level is a completely different animal. Oh, like, yeah. How much do you bring his leadership qualities into this? Uh, very little, but more so that he knows what it takes to at least be a leader in the room and knows the pressure that is on a leader in the room to be able to perform that. Because especially the junior level when it's a bunch of teenagers and maybe a couple 20-year-old guys there too, when you're the captain, you have people looking at you. So he knows at least you would think the responsibility it takes to be a pro. 
more than anything else. Not this what it's going to do on the ice. Not what's going to do there. Is that when you're a captain, at least, even a junior, because we all know in Canadian Major Juniors, those guys are treated like professionals. And the way they have to carry themselves, and they're doing media interviews, things like that, more than NCAA hockey, more than pretty much anything else. Uh, Canadian Major Juniors are treated like they're professionals and stuff. So I think Captain Moore is so that he's the, on the next step earlier to be, knowing what it takes to be a pro than anything else. And that in terms of maturity, too, when it comes to how that relates to on the ice, that's what I look at more than anything else, but being a captain in the, in the junior ranks. But, but looking at production-wise, I mean, you could tell they were trying to push him in that 1920 season, 39 games that he had, and then pulled it a little back this past season because he was pretty buried. He had 14 games with the Silver Knights on 27 with the Golden Knights, so he played a good mix right there too. But that's good for his development to have that mix. So I think this is a good next step for him to come to Nashville where he can be more of an impact player because he's not going to be as buried because the Predators are going to lose another player in the expansion draft. We don't know who that is yet. The list is not public at the time of this recording, so it'll be very curious to see what the expectation is of who's going to be taking the expansion draft that'll make Cody Glass be more of a, a, a player in the potential top six. I think the one, like, if we're looking at a negative side of things, Vegas has been very good at giving players opportunities. I mean, you look at Alex, Alex Tuck, and he's shifted between middle six and top six so many times, but he is the prototypical power forward in the NHL. He's a big freaking dude who can drive the net but also has a lethal shot. And you look at Chandler Stevenson, who they got from Washington for just scraps as a whole, and he's had the chance more times than not to jump into the top six, and not only the top six, the top three, to be that top-line center and be like, hey, you want to play with Mark Stone? Go ahead, play with Mark Stone, put up good points. So I, I'm kind of concerned, not like super concerned or anything like that, but it's just kind of worrisome that they never gave Glass that opportunity to run with it, whereas he's kind of getting a second chance this early in his career with the Predators, where he kind of should just be given that chance of, Top six is yours. Go play some hockey. That's what you deserve here. Where on the pecking order in Vegas, it was Stevenson's above you, Tuck's above you. We're right. giving those guys the top six chance, and they kind of ran with it. Whereas he's just been sitting there, Glass has been sitting there going, how about me? I, I want to play some hockey and prove myself. But I think he has ample opportunity here. I think the training camp, like you said, with Thomas Dino and Tolvin, and if Glass can slot himself in as a bona fide top six forward, and let the yarn croaks and the systems of the world be bottom six forwards, which isn't a knock on those guys. But if you can be a middle six, bottom six forward and let those still guys be top six, I think the Predators will be not better because of this move, but smarter because of this move. Yeah, yeah. So th there it is, folks. I mean, our take on it. It's, it's a move that had to happen. It's not... So I, th I think it's one of those things. It's not like who won, who lost. It's a move that had to happen. They got something in return. Could the return have been bigger at the trade deadline? I think potentially, but I think they got something they can utilize in return here. It shows that at least David Poyle was willing to make changes to the core, which is absolutely necessary and not standing pat anymore. I mean, Arvidsson gone, Ellis gone, and here's the thing too. We look at what Ving, Adam Vingen with The Athletic was able to, to get in terms of information. He had that one-on-one -on -one with Victor Arvidsson. Where, and Matt, I don't know because you've been at the cabin all week if you had a chance to read this yet or not, where... Okay. Yeah, where it basically Arvidsson was saying in their meetings where they were down on him. And it was one of those things they were looking to expose him and not he, – he was going to be gone is what was basically going to happen. And, and then, I, I, have a, I have a very strong feeling that Arby's going to score 25 in a full 82 next year. Right. 25 and 30 <laughs> is what I think he scores. 
I do, before we get out of here, because I assume, I honestly don't know how the rest of the show is going to go, so pardon me for just throwing <laughs> this shit at you right now. Um, I want to talk to you about Carey Price. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about Ellis first in The Athletic with Adam Vingan, okay. that apparently Ryan Ellis was completely thrown off and, and surprised by the trade, and that's what he apparently told Philly. And you can only imagine how upset Ryan Ellis probably is, and only imagine how frustrating the locker, the, the the Predators players are probably with this. But I mean, that's curious too. That at least Arvidsson and Poyle had a conversation about it. Apparently, yeah. Ellis and Poyle did not necessarily have a conversation about this. So I'd be curious yeah, to I see what that... happens in the future, what comes out of this as well. In that, I mean, it's a move they had to, that that they needed to make. We didn't know who was going to be. But I'm sure that Ryan Ellis is probably none too pleased with it because he wasn't talked to. Especially, he's the associate captain. I mean, he's the second in command yep. in the players. And to not have the like conversation, I'm curious. He has a legitimate role. Like, he has a special role for himself here. Right. Right. I, I just think, like, if you look at it, that Ryan Ellis didn't have that special treatment, how do you feel if you're one of those higher-priced players on the team right now? If you're the Matthew Shanes or the Ryan Johansson of the world... I'm excluding Roman Yossi because there's almost a snowball chance in hell that he right. gets moved. But how do you feel if you're one of those guys where your contract is on the fringe of, I'm getting demolished by mosquitoes. If your contract <laughs> is on the fringe of being shipped out by Nashville, like how do you feel about that with Ryan Ellis reportedly not getting talked to about this? I feel kind of sketched out, for a lack of a better term. I mean, the, the thing is... Players should feel like they have to perform. That's been the problem the past few years. There hasn't been that urgency or that sense of, well, I, I really need to perform here, or I could get moved, I could go to a team that's way worse off, I could do this, I could do that. I mean, they, they need to be able to feel like they're battling for a spot, and they haven't had to do that in a long time. I mean, even with the youth coming in, I think that gave a little bit of that push, finally, to the front office of, well, we need to make some moves because we have youth in here that's ready to come and play. Finally, with injuries that happened. But that's the, I mean, that's been an issue. They, they don't, they felt too comfortable. I mean, this team's wanted to stay together for so many years and they couldn't make it happen. It was about damn time they made some moves and, and made people feel a little scared for their position. No one should feel safe. That is the worst thing in professional, the professional sports for someone to feel safe in their position like that. They should always be battling. And now, maybe they'll battle a little bit harder because they know the trade's willing to be made. There, there needs to be constant competition within your lineup or, like you said, players are going to feel complacent, yep. like they belong in the top six kind of thing. And this isn't to knock on Tolvanen, but I kind of feel that way about Tolvanen right now because he was a power play specialist when he was hammering pucks away when people were out of that top PP unit. Mm-hmm. And then people came back, and he couldn't score a five-on-five goal to save his life, yep. and he couldn't score on the top power play unit. So I-, I think this will serve well for the Predators players that, like you said, you can't be complacent with your role in the lineup. Because when Ellis was out early in the year, people filled in quite nicely. Mm-hmm. People other than Dante Fabro. But people filled in quite nicely. People were able to slot in that top four role. I think this was not the coming out party for Matthias Beckholm, but the, hey, assholes, this is what I can bring <laughs> to the lineup. I can do this every night kind of thing. I'm a top four player. Nobody should have ever doubted this. I'm here to just prove my spot. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot next year in terms of the carriers, in terms of the Ferences. There's mm-hmm. going to be open auditions in training camp, and I think moving Ellis out of there was a positive step. 
Yeah, I agree. So like you said, when I get to this, we've seen a couple players now in the league wave their no move uh, for the purpose of the expansion draft uh, to where they could be oh exposed, God. whether it's uh, there's certain players that they feel like they could be taken or they want to try to help their current team out knowing they might not be taken. But the big one, obviously, who just played so well in the playoffs and has been the heart of his team for so long is Carey Price. And Matt, especially you as a Toronto fan as well, but also as a hockey analyst looking at this, I mean, what are the chances that Seattle takes on that contract to carry Price? Or do you think that Montreal's trying to call a bluff here? So I'm going to give my two cents, and I'm going to pass it over to Shane as well. Because when this news (laughs) happened, we were just both... We had a lot less beers than us when this happened. And we gave our two cents then, and I kind of want to give our two cents now. As I burp beer up. Um... The Seattle Kraken, and I'll say it right now, would be absolutely insane if they do not take Carey Price right now. Mm-hmm. There's a couple factors that a lot of people might not know. One is Carey Price is a West Coast boy. He's a BC boy. He has deep roots there, which is why when Bergevin probably went to him and said, hey, you want to waive this? He was like, yeah, I'll go immediately. I don't think there was any kerfuffle between the two sides. Carey Price, if you look through his career, other than the regular season and this year, you show me an outlier, like the complete outlier season where you go, oh, he was shit. Because that doesn't exist. Carrie Price right now, without me looking at stats, I'm literally sitting on a deck with crickets not shutting the F up right now. Sitting on a deck going, I am so confident in Carrie Price's ability that his stats can speak for themselves and the playoffs can speak for itself where Seattle has to pick him. I know they pick Chris Dreger from the Florida Panthers right now, and Shane is pointing at his chest right now and pounding his chest because he wants to speak. And before this, he was saying he was nervous to come on the podcast. So if he's this amped up, I do want to pass it to him. But this is almost a no-brainer to me for Seattle to pick him. Uh, like, to me, before this even happened, you and I talked about this. It was, you got to pick Jake Allen. Jake Allen's a good goalie. That's who Montreal's going to leave unprotected. But if you're going to leave Carey Price unprotected and that's the big contract he wants to select... F everyone else. Take Carey Price and build your team around Price. Shane, your thoughts. I see it two ways. As a brand new franchise, what do you want? You want early on success, and you want fans in the seats. And what do you get? Think of Vegas. Think of early on success. How'd that happen? You built around Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury gave them that early on success, which allowed them to create this fan base going forward. Because nobody wants to watch a team that's going to be perennially bad for years and years to come. You want that early on success, so you get fans in the seat. You, you want to cheat, it's 100%. You want early on success, so you get those fans in the seat, and you create a base for years going forward. And like Matt said, Carey Price, the West Coast boy. How are you going to get people in the seat? You're going to get people buying Carey Price jerseys because yeah. he's from the West Coast. You're going to get this perennial all-star filling your arena because everyone wants to see Carey Price play. Seattle, people in Seattle haven't watched hockey in how long unless they travel up to Vancouver or they traveled down to California. They just haven't seen it. So to get this perennial all-star to play every single home game in your arena, people are, people are going to fill the seats to watch Carey Price play. If you, I mean, yeah, Seattle, he's got a big contract, but well, I would, I'd roll the dice on Carey Price every day of the week. And I, I think there's like an exception list of players you roll the dice on. Yeah. And if you show me an Olympian, you show me a perennial all-star winner, you show me a Bezda contender for years and years and years, I'm going to roll the dice on him every single day of the week. You don't show me someone and you go, 
he's got upside. He's eight million dollars. He can play top line center. <laughs> right, Johansson, <laughs> Matt Duchesne. And then you go, <laughs> yeah, but Carey Price is proven. Yeah, he had like one or two bad regular seasons in his career, but the show. If anybody can come up with a articulate argument that the Montreal Canadiens deserve to be in the finals that didn't start with one carry and ended with two price, mm-hmm. you're out to punch. Because nope. that's the only reason they that team got there. I, I think it speaks volumes that Shane is here a bunch of beers in with me and can recognize that and can dive deep <laughs> and realize that, yeah, if you want to fill your seat just like Vegas did, I mean, Vegas kind of had the we're in Las Vegas kind of thing, mm-hmm. but you show them Marc-Andre Fleury, a multiple cup winner from uh, Pittsburgh. You, you show anybody, Carey Price, who has been beloved by Montreal, who will be beloved by Seattle when they take him. That's how comfortable. Like, like, you build from the net out, like Shane just said. You build from there and then figure the rest out. Well, that's the big contract you decide to take. Good for you. I need to have a bigger beer because I keep burping. <laughs> no, you're, yeah, you I think you're absolutely right too. And it's one of those things that it does. It helps drive ticket sales. And hey, they're gonna have to get to the cap floor, and they will. But they're gonna have to spend some money, and that, that's gonna drive in more in and interest in and national interest in as well. And hey, if you want to be competitive, you start out from the from the net right there, and you have a guy like Carey Price. That that's huge. So. I'm very curious as what's going to happen in the expansion draft. That adds a whole other wrench into things of what could potentially happen. Where I know where nationally people are going to be paying attention, uh, or internationally people are going to be paying attention to that as well. So very curious to see what's going to happen there. I know Matt, you need to get back to drinking and everything, and let's let's go ahead and record another episode when the expansion draft lists are coming out. So we'll have another episode that we're going to record tomorrow. And we'll go from there, but we have plenty of updates over the next week coming up because of the expansion draft list, the expansion draft itself, and the NHL draft, and then free agency. So we have plenty of big things happening over the next 10, 14 days, uh, with, including the National Predators and the NHL that we're going to have to discuss. So Matt, uh, appreciate you bringing on change because I love getting the outside perspective and everything too to kind of put it into balance and perspective of what other people yeah. in hockey are, are feeling and other hockey fans are feeling as well. That's not just the Twitter reactions yeah. and everything too, but very, very balanced reactions right there. there. There's a lot of people, like people will send me hockey memes on Instagram, things like that. But when Shane sends me something or like if him and I are together and he talks about like a hockey trade or something like that, it doesn't even matter that it's national centric. I will listen to Shane because he has a head on his shoulders and him and I like we, bonded, Shane and I met in university, and the first thing we ever bonded on was sports. And it was like, we go from there, and then speak further and further. So he does have some credibility, despite not actually being in the sports media scene. There's a lot of people who will send me, like, hockey trade rumors, and I'm like, shut up. I don't want to listen to you right now. But if Shane sends you something, we'll have, like, an intelligent conversation about it, and then hash it out, and sometimes he says, hey, F you, and I say, hey, F me. We're in July, right? Yes. Okay, so sometimes his shit is super fucking wrong, um, and I will tell him that, and he will tell me that if his stuff is completely wrong, and I am, that that's like our friendship in a nutshell kind of thing. Um, so no, it's not like me bringing out a random drunko. I completely validate Shane's opinion. If you have a problem with that, do not at me, because... That's probably a piss poor idea right now. It, well, don't don't at him until he's completely sober. Um, and then I'm to, also sorry for two months in a row for taking away our f bomb privileges. 
Yeah, thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Uh, to bring in the to, real quick to bring in the Pinoy aspect of this, I just wanted to say my mom made some really kick-ass homemade polvorones and dropped those off to me. You. you what? I hate you. Oh, you hate me? She I made them with the, she made them with the rice krispies as well. I despise you. Actually, I don't just hate you. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, polvoron is basically the Filipino slash Spanish version of a shortbread cookie, but it's made with like milk powder. Very delicious, kind of sweet. They kind of burst in your mouth, which I know Matt loves that, and and they are a fantastic <laughs> treat. <laughs> They're a fantastic treat uh, to have. So, if you've never heard of those, you can order those online. I know, uh, I believe Goldilocks. Uh, if you look also, at that and Red Ribbon, you can order those things, or there's even ones that you can buy at certain international markets. But I highly suggest those treats as well. And hey, if you're in the Nashville area, Maymax Market is a Filipino restaurant over in Laverne. I know some of our listeners have been over there recently trying what they have to offer. So make sure you hit that up to get some Filipino foods. If you need suggestions on what types of food to get when you get there, shoot me or Matt a, a, a DM or even before you go, like, hey, what would you recommend if they have it? We'd be more than happy to help, right, Matt? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'll give you my top three of favorite Filipino foods. Um, are we going to talk Loki finale on our next episode? On our, uh, we'll do that. We'll, we'll plan a different episode because the next episode will be expansion okay. draft reaction. Or sp- expansion I draft list. I have watched it yet, but oh. everything I've heard from Shane is he hates it. There's nothing more I can say other than he despises it as he's like shifting in his chair right now. Oh so my god, it was that. freaking I phenomenal. It was fantastic. No. Yeah, <laughs> all I heard was the most Canadian no. <laughs> I mean, we're drinking pretty Canadian beers tonight. Are, are you? Having... <laughs> are you? Are you drinking a puppers? <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We have we played many games tonight. I drank or we played that cup. We played. We had the beer Olympics today. Is what we did. Wait, did you say you played two girls one cup? No, we did not play two girls one cup. <laughs> You have to bleep that one. That's two. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. We need to get going so you can go have fun. <laughs> yeah, we do because I also need to go to the tree and. Oh, and leave. You need to go to the tree and leave. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well folks, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have another one uh, the next day as Expansion Draft List gets released. We'll have our reaction to that. So for Drunk Matt Best, this is Justin Bradford. Thanks so much for tuning in. I to- can sign off for myself. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. For t- this is Triple P, Prince Pucks Pinoy. Thanks for tuning in.